Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. I recently reconnected with Simrit Haynes. You know her as the lead singer in Zemmer Lavav, but did you know she's also a wonderful author? We're going to discuss that and more, so stay tuned. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shemayas Royale in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. And that was the wonderful voice of Jonathan Sattel. Well, I'm really excited. I'm going to feature some music today from the group Zemer Lavov. And you're going to love it. And then later, of course, my interview with Shimreed Haynes.
I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585-889-7840. Shimrit's family is so very talented. A lot of the songs feature her daughter, Kira, now called Kira Oliveira, and this song is one of my favorites, Don't Let Me Fall Away. And really, this is my prayer, and I hope it's your prayer too. Keep me on the straight and narrow path, O Lord. Don't let me fall away. In Yeshua's name, amen. Abba Father, save me from this hopelessness. God my Father, help me fill this emptiness. I ran away from what I knew was true. I need to hear your voice and be close to you. Don't let me fall away. Just like the grass withers away. And like the flower, I will fade. Don't let me fall away. Abba Father, save me from my end. My father, wickedness is all around me. Open up my lips so I can speak. Help me to stand for I am weak. Don't let me fall away. Just like the grass withers away. And like the flower, I will fade. Don't let me fall away.
Again, that was Amer Lavov from their album, As Long As I Breathe, and that featured their daughter, Kira Oliveira. I hope you are having a great week. I have to tell you, we had our women's ministry fundraiser last week, and it was amazing. The talent was just over the top. I'm so very excited and so very exhausted. And... My faith has really been tested lately. I had some problems with my back, and then my external hard drive crashed, and I lost a whole bunch of my Bagels and Blessings music files and MP3s and podcasts, and I've had to recreate all that stuff. But you know what? I have my health, and God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. And so I say, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, I'm ready for some more music from Zemir Lavav. I know you are too. Stay tuned.
Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. I like to play this next song during Hanukkah because we know that Hanukkah is the festival of light. Yeshua is the light of the world. And, of course, this next song is called Yeshua is the Light. I think it's a great song for all seasons. Zemer Levav, Yeshua is the Light. Amen. Shines the dark. 
This next song comes from their CD, Even There, and it's called Let the Righteous Be Glad. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them that hate him flee, let them flee before him. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered.
That was so beautiful. 
And again, that was Zemmer Lvov, and that comes from their CD even there. Right now, it is my pleasure to share with you my latest interview with Shimreet Haynes. Shimreet Haynes, welcome back to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom, I'm so glad to be here. It's always uh, a lot of fun to chat with you. Well, your family is just multi-talented, the singers, musicians, and now you're a a writer, and oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Why don't you bring us up to speed a little bit? When did you start traveling and singing less and start writing more, and how did all this happen? Well, it all happened because I got really sick. It got to the point where I couldn't even get through a concert. Um, I'd have to be helped down off the platform. Um, I'd, I'd often have to skip the last two songs, um, and I just told Mark, Mark, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. It's killing me, you know. Um, I need to. I need to stay somewhere and try and get better, you know. Um, so we did that, and then I started going nuts because I've always been a giver, and I've never had a lot of finances. So my giving has always been: I want to give from the gifts God's given me. You know, that's what I have. Uh, it's like the song, "A Little Drummer Boy." You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, the girls were decided, all the three oldest, uh, Kara, Adriel, and uh, Shalisha, decided they were going to do the Novel Writers Month. It's usually November, but they decided to do it in April because they thought it would be fun to start on April Fool's Day. Um, and they decided to write a book. They were going to write a book in a month. And um, I wasn't going to do it. I was just very excited for them, trying to encourage them, because I'd always been the leader, the leader of the band, and guiding them in their, you know, giftings and stuff, schooling them. I was always the one, you know, uh, kind of on the top of the, you know, stack there as far as doing things. So I really wanted them to take off and, and have this be their own thing. Well, I was reading from... Uh, Chris Beatty's wonderful book, uh, No Plot, No Problem, to uh, Tara while she was doing some uh, kind of hands-on work where her brain didn't have to think about what she was doing. And um, as I was reading to her, all of a sudden I got this story idea, this incredible story idea, and I just went, oh, no, because it came to me just the way sometimes song ideas will come to me or, you know, like it's, it's, it's the Lord, it's God. And I just felt really bad. And uh, but I, I told the girls, and they said, "Oh, that's all right. Go ahead, you know." And um, anyway, uh, at the end of the month, uh, Adriel and I both had finished manuscripts, and I started editing. It took me three years to edit the first book because I was a brand new writer. I had no idea what I was doing. So um, anyway, at the end of three years, I published and. Adriel kind of got this fear of tackling the whole editing monster. <laughs> and, and so she didn't really do anything with her manuscript. I've been trying to encourage her to do something because that's really a cute story um, about a little girl. Uh, kind of like Ramona Quimby goes steampunk, you know. Um, but uh, anyway... Uh, so I ended up with a published work, you know, um, three years later. And uh, and then, of course, I knew that this wasn't the end of the story. Uh, I had this whole, uh, you know, thing in my mind. And um, 
So I wrote book two, and now I just finished the manuscript for book three. Wow. And um, I'm in the editing process with that one now. Well, let's back up a little bit because I have some questions. Now, I know that a lot of believers write books about their testimony and about faith and this, that, and the other. There have been a few that have written Christian books too, but I'm just wondering, do you feel that fiction can still be relevant to us as believers? Um, well, that depends on who's written the book and what their worldview is. Um, you know, what are the underlying messages? So anytime you read a work of fiction, you have to be aware of that. Um, when you're a believer and you're writing in partnership with God, even if it's a fiction book, there are going to be streams running through that book that are spiritual, and there are going to be lessons in that book. You know, Yeshua was a storyteller. You know, the parables that he told were stories that um, made spiritual truths more concrete. They took things from real life and, and gave us spiritual precepts. Um, by things that we can under, you know, at least in that day, not so much in our day and time, but in that day and time, being an agricultural society, that they could understand, you know. Um, so, of course, the parable of the sower and the Good Samaritan come to mind. Um, a well-written work of fiction can do the exact same thing, you know. Cool, cool. So. Now, your books, I haven't read them yet, but it's on my list to buy next. I'm kind of not allowing myself to buy any more books till I read the ones that are on the shelf that I haven't read yet. It's, it's I'm addicted to, I keep buying them and then I don't read them right away. It's it's, it's a problem. But anyway, you can pray for me. Um, but, <laughs> I do the same thing, so. <laughs> now, your, your books yeah. are a little bit sci-fi, is that correct? They are sci-fi. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have gotten some questions about, well, you know, can a, a Christian writer write sci-fi? Yeah. You know, how, the world is, how does that work? Uh, yeah, a lot. I love sci-fi, but all most of the sci-fi is humanistic and evolutionistic. And you get tired after a while, and, and some of them are very preachy. I hate the ones that are preachy. The ones that aren't I can deal with. I've always loved sci-fi. I've read a lot of sci-fi growing up and in my teen years. Um but, you know, if you understand what science really is, sci-fi is not a problem. Um, science uncovers the miracles of God. Um, it, it uncovers the amazing order of God's creation. Um, I just watched a thing about Mandelbrot sets and fractals and just, uh, just how God thinks mathematically. He has a mathematical mind. He takes chaos and makes, creates order. And we have a tendency to do that, too. You know, um, when my house is a mess, I can't think. I have to make order, and then I feel good. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, um, in a God-fearer's worldview, hard science is fact, and it's in harmony with spiritual truth. God is truth. So, um, you know, and, and then there are so many theories in all areas of scientific research you know, um, the author takes the facts and goes, what if, you know, um, God's laws, the spiritual laws that we know so well, there, I actually noticed when I was a new believer that those laws coincide with natural laws. And the first one that really hit me was the law of cause and effect and the law of reaping and sowing. And that those are congruent 
And so all the physical laws have spiritual laws that parallel them, and that would be a really fun thing to research. Mm. Well, I have to tell you, I'm intrigued because... Like you, I've always been drawn to sci-fi, intrigued by it. I find it enjoyable, and I think that's really cool. Now, I'm sure there's a there's a message or a, a special vision that you have in your books. Like, what are you hoping that people will get out of it? Like, what's the takeaway? Okay, well, my main theme, especially in the first book, focuses on my... I'm just fascinated with how God takes everything we do and say, and things that other people do, the choices we make, and he just weaves things together in this incredible, complex tapestry. Um, and so, in especially in book one, I start with all these different characters in all these different places, and then I show how God weaves their lives together, and how he ends up bringing them together. Um, and uh, underlying themes that I have are, what is friendship? I mean, we have a very poor understanding of what friendship really is. I mean, if you're deep biblical and you really understand scripture, you know that a man lays down his life for his friend, that no greater love, you know, that a true friend is someone that even in adversity, that you love them and you love their ugly, you know. Um, that's true friendship. And you can't ever get to that point if every time you have a conflict, you run away from it. True. You have to stay there. You have to spend time with that person. You have to pray with that person and work through it. Mm. So, Wow, you're, just, I, you're not just a, a, a pretty lady who sings. You are a smart <laughs> woman who writes books. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the first... Early ministries I was in was a communal ministry, and those were the laws of the ministry. If you had a problem with somebody, you got together with that person, you prayed with them first, and then you talked through, tried to talk through what the problem was. Most problems ended there. And I have to tell you, just I'm on the autism spectrum. It doesn't show much now because of how much I've had to be in public. But when I was a little kid, I couldn't look people in the eye. I, I really didn't have any friends because I couldn't understand people at all. Um, so I, um, oh gosh, now I don't remember where that was going. Um, well, I talked about the fact that you're not just a pretty lady who sings, but you're someone who oh, writes books. You know what it is? It was in that ministry that I learned that even though I think completely differently than most other people, that the, our feelings are the same. Mm, that's interesting. So wow. I realized, you know, it, it, it helped me to, I was so left-brained and so, you know, it's, I, I see things visually, I, you know, when somebody says something, my mind makes a picture, you know, um, one of the reasons I can't stand swearing, because I see a picture, you know, right. um, and, you know, I, I my mind just works very differently, so it made it real hard for me to um, understand other people. But when it, it came to feelings and when it came to God's spiritual precepts, I'm sorry, my alarm's going off. <laughs> when it came to spiritual precepts, I began to understand more and more what people are. So my vision is for people to understand the complexity of all the threads in our lives, how important we each are 
um, how important it is to trust God on a deeper level. And no matter what happens, God's in it, and he'll work and grow us through it. Mm. Um, you know, those are important things. Community, how important community is. Um, and I noticed even in... Um, one of the things I loved about Messianic congregations is that people would never leave after the service. We always spent several hours together afterwards, and that was great. It was a time to really get to know people, you know, with Oneg after the, and we'd have sometimes have dancing, and sometimes there'd be an extra um, uh, Torah study or something, just depending on what congregation I went to. But um, but still, that that isn't enough. That's not enough. You have to have somebody over for lunch. You have to talk one-on-one. You have to do a project together. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to work together to really build friendships and build community out of that. So, you know, it, it's, it, it can't ju- it's not just meeting together because you can stay real surface that way. And people get lost. That's why people get lost you know absolutely well okay let's talk a little bit about your books your your first book and then your second book uh just a little give me a short little synopsis about what's happening in these books um let me get these i've got notes here to help me good <laughs> um, me, me to too me stay concise because otherwise i can get way off track and uh, book one the dreamers is kind of the foundational book of the series so it's a big book it's got three parts mm. um it's about a 20 year old sephardic jewish girl who after a terrifying nightmare uh, feels a conviction that she has to convince her family to stay home and they've been planning an outing for weeks together so they don't want to miss this they're they've all been looking forward to this and they think she's kind of crazy and she's going through all kinds of emotional roller coaster because she doesn't even remember the dream so she hardly knows how to communicate to them her fear and what's going on um so they leave and leave her at home by now she has a headache from all the emotional roller coaster she's been on trying to explain to them um uh, the same day, there's this tight-knit Chinese-American family who um, have been five-generation Christians in America, and they're on top of uh, Twin Peaks having a picnic. And this is 100 years in the future. So they're up there having this picnic, and all of a sudden, there's this horrible earthquake. Now, what they don't know, but you get a clue near the beginning, is that there's been like a zipper quake, is what I call it. There's been an earthquake in Japan the day before, and then the Fairweather Fault in Alaska, which is an offshore fault. Now, these are slip, are, um, uh, they're the kind of faults that slip underneath where one plate slips underneath the other. Those are the ones that make tidal waves. The Andreas Fault can never make a tidal wave. So it, the Andreas Fault does go. And because of these offshore quakes that have gone all the way around, and then the offshore um, faults in Oregon, too, uh, and it causes an offshore landslide off northern California coast. So all of these things together are what make the tidal wave. So after the earthquake, there's this awful tidal wave, and um, everybody's trying to get up higher, um, and she... um, 
anyway, she's uh, finally, they're up there. She's wondering what in the world happened to her family. I mean, all these horrible mental images. And then she finally, after being awake and tossing and turning all night and praying and crying, she falls asleep and God gives her another dream. And this one, she dreams of this new world. Um, telling her this will be your new home and she has no idea that people all over the world you know all over the world have had this dream so um, I'm going to leave you there on that one Mm. Um, now the next the next two books are they a continuation or are they separate stories book two and three uh, in book one um, the third part of book one is when them actually getting to the planet book part two is um I think part of, yeah, anyway, in part three, they're on their way to the planet. And while that's happening, they get this message from the last ship that there are armed stowaways aboard. And so everybody's freaking out and praying. Well, book two and three are about the stowaways. So first of all, everybody's afraid. They think that might be, you know, somehow rovers got aboard, you know, among the cargo or something. But then what they find out is it's this group of college kids. And, um, Four of them are what are called wealthies on Earth. Um, they're the uh, way upper class. They've grown up together in a walled compound in Southern California. And the leader, uh, Daxton, uh, has this epiphany because there's been this violent rover attack in a restaurant where he and his best friend, who is a girl, Charlotte, they're slumming. You know, they decide they're tired of being in the world complex. They go out, they decide to go out slumming. They're, they want to go to a Mexican restaurant. So, um, anyway, um, the, this group of kids ends up together because of needs. Uh, Daxton realizes we need hackers. Oh, we need, you know, um, this girl who's a nurse um, who's going to the school on a scholarship. These two guys who live in the city, uh, their families are poor. But they're so brilliant, they end up on a scholarship and they're best friends. Anyway, this whole Motley crew ends up together and uh, they work together to stow away. The novel's basically a heist novel. All right, but, but, um, the, but the main question I, I was curious, do the characters in book one, do they spill over into book two? Are they... Are they... A little bit, yes. Okay. The Tang family, which experiences the earthquake on top of Twin Peaks, right. um, a couple of their group end up staying, be staying behind from the ship they were supposed to be on to help with um, the last teach the colonists on the last ship because the couple that was going to go and fill those positions, she got pregnant. And you can't have a child under the age of six or be pregnant in the sleep tanks. So they end up having to not go. And so Mark and Emily Tang are asked to stay behind. And so they spill over. And um, the trading videos, you see um, Antonia from the first book and, and Brian, you, you see different characters sprinkled. They're not main except for the Tang family, and then uh, some of the people in the uh, Colony Project Corporation. The Colony Project Corporation, who's financially arranged the whole thing, they, they end up on the last ship. So you get some characters from that, too, mm. on this last ship. Now, you're not going to stop with book three, are you? I have a feeling oh, it's going to no. keep going. <laughs> that was book two. Book three is, while they're in flight, them, none of them are believers except for Serena. And... Craig and Lon only end up on because Craig did something illegal and he ends up in jail and then he's on probation. Um, 
and he he gets it, it was some earlier hacking thing he didn't cover his he didn't cover his tracks very well and they've been watching him and so he realizes he he's never going to get a job i mean he's never going to be able to do anything and so he realizes he's stuck he either goes with all the stowaways or he's stuck so he's kind of the bitter unhappy person in the group um serena has been a real spiritual bulwark in the group and has actually helped to steer them in some ways charlotte because of serena's influence actually ends up coming to the lord and um daxton does later on and so does lon um because all the colonists are all believers um some of them are uh Jew- jewish people that are Karaite jews and um those don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but they believe in the scripture that the Torah is it. You know, they don't believe, they don't believe that, um, the, um, writings, the Mishnah, the Talmud, that those are scripture. So, um, they're very interesting, uh, people, but anyway, they, um, they sound like the kind of books that you just can't put down, like like your heart. I can just I can just picture myself reading them, and my heart just racing, and like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a, a Karaite father and son who end up uh, be, having questions because of meetings that they have where everybody talks together and people just share, and they have questions. They start asking, and then they go home and they just start studying. And, uh, and they end up just from studying on their own. They look up at each other and all of a sudden they're like, it's true. Yeshua is the Messiah. Ooh. And then his wife and daughter just go crazy. They just know they're, they're, you know. And so there's this horrible problem in this family and how the whole community deals with that. And um, so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of really good community stuff in here. And, um, and in the stowaways, uh, Serena has a real struggle because what she's doing is illegal. And um, she doesn't feel like there's any way out of where she is. Her father is a, a surgeon, and he ends up set up by some people who are jealous of him in the medical community and ends up taking a fall and ends up fired. Uh, he can't get in the hospital, and he can't set up his own practice. Um so uh, she ends up, and at college, she starts getting a lot of flack because of her father's stand. And so she realizes, I've got no future either. And so that's what pushes her. You know, So there's a lot of pressures that people are under and how they react and act and how those pressures um, make them make certain, you know, get them to make certain decisions and then how those decisions affect them and affect other people. Wow. So... Yeah. Okay, well, we are almost out of time, but this is so interesting. What I really want to know, I think this is the million-dollar question here, is what is the best way for people to get your books? Like from you directly or from Amazon, or what do you recommend? Best way is on Amazon. Um, I am going to start putting them on my website. I didn't want to do this because... It's, I live way out in the country, and mailing's kind of hard for me. So, um, you know, just... And, and I'm not... I'm, I'm not a real good, you know, step-by-step kind of a person, you know, and so things like that are hard for me. Um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at the CDs. I usually get those off and pretty good, you know, but, um, 
yeah, I, I have to do the same thing with the books. And I just have to bite the bullet and do that because another thing is I've got nowhere to store product. Um, our living situation is really, really poor right now. And we're just really praying that God does a miracle because we desperately need a home. Um, okay, well, that that so, does lead into my next question. Uh, how would you like us to be praying for you? Um, pray for that, that God just does a miracle and uh, brings in what we need for a home. And we're not exactly sure what that looks like. That's a whole other thing, so I don't want to get too into it. But we could really use financial support, and you can support us on our website, zemmerlevov.org. Um, there is a, um, it's kind of like Patreon, but it's not Patreon. Um, but it's actually, I got off Patreon because they supported things I didn't, I didn't want to support. Mm -hmm. And so I lost a lot of people who were helping us financially so that I can write these books and continue doing what I'm doing. And hopefully eventually when we get a home, we'll be able to start actually recording. But that's part of the problem with recording. We can't really record in our situation right now. So, yeah, so support zemmerlevov.org. Um, I, uh, Z-E-M-E-R-L-E-V-A-V dot -E -E <laughs> org. Uh, that would really help. Um, mm, wow. Well, I'm sorry that we've run out of time, but um, you are an inspiration and you're so creative and talented. I've always loved your music and your beautiful singing voice. And I just pray the Lord blesses you and provides all that you need and gives you all of the resources that you need to finish your next book. And I pray that they just keep coming and that it, your books bless others throughout the world. And I thank you, Lord, for provision for their new home and for all the finances that they need. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, and it's set up a little bit like Patreon. It, You know, you do get perks and stuff for joining at different levels. Um, you get different, you know, different goodies. So, um, yeah. So, uh, that's nice. And you get my books. You know, you go on. You'll get book one and two um, as EPUB files. And... Um, so, uh, and book three will be coming soon. So I look forward to reading your books and I want to thank you for being back on the air with me. And I can't wait to talk with you again when you finish your next book. Well, thank you so much. You are welcome. Shalom for now. All right. Shalom. Well, that was my fun interview with Shimrit Haynes. I hope you will go to amazon.com and you will buy her books right away. I bought one and it's on my list of books to read. I have a habit of buying books and then I get to them eventually, but this series sounds so intriguing and I am a person that loves mm -hmm. science fiction, so I think I'm going to really sink my teeth into it. Well, I hope you were so blessed by today's program and, you know, last week we had Brian and Sue Samuel at our service and also at our talent show in the evening. Uh, Brian, Rabbi Brian, spoke at our Shabbat service, and his message was incredible. It was called Climb It. And he just talked about when you are facing obstacles, when you are facing the mountain, don't walk around it, but climb the mountain, because there the top of the mountain is where you meet the Lord. It was such an amazing sermon, and you can actually see it if you go to the Shema 
Congregation Shemai Israel Facebook page, or you go to the CSY, uh, that's uh, C like Congregation, S like Sam, Y, YouTube page, you can see our services. But I, I encourage you to see the whole service. The worship that Sue did was amazing, and Rabbi Brian's sermon was amazing. All right, my friends, it's time for the Aronic Benediction with Phil Klein. May the Lord bless you abundantly. And when you are facing those obstacles, when you are climbing that mountain, remember to climb it because it's at the top is where you're going to meet the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> Yesadunai Panamalecha Yasimlecha Shalom Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. Thank you.